Are you in need of a healing today? Here's Pastor Ed Taylor. God heals. God heals today. Supernatural healing didn't stop with the apostles. Supernatural healing didn't stop with the early church. And it's my prayer that God would give forth the manifestation of the gifts of healing through the body to bring healing to many. The church would be blessed. The church would be encouraged. The world would be amazed. Glory would be given to God because he heals. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You Whether you've been hit with the news that you have cancer or you're suffering through a disease like diabetes or Parkinson's, it's important to know that God cares about you and what you're going through, and it just may be in His plan and will to heal you. Today on Abounding Grace, we'll spend some time talking about the gifts of healings. Yes, God does heal today, but Pastor Ed Taylor cautions us not to make the mistake of thinking the Lord will heal everyone who has faith. Let's get into the study now. Verse 4 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. We draw our attention now to that manifestation of the Spirit known as the gifts. And I want you to notice the plurality of that word, gifts, with an S at the end, there in the English, of healings. Right at the outset of our time tonight, I want you to know something. God heals. God heals today. Supernatural healing didn't stop with the apostles. Supernatural healing didn't stop with the early church. God didn't stop healing boys and girls, men and women, when the clock turned from the first century to the second century. God heals And it's my prayer that God would give forth the manifestation of the gifts of healing through the body to bring healing to many. The church would be blessed. The church would be encouraged. The world would be amazed. Glory would be given to God because he heals. And if you are sick, I encourage you to pray and to believe God and trust God for healing. In John chapter 14, verse 12, you can jot it down. It says, most assuredly, Jesus speaking, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. Greater works than these he will do because I go to the Father. Greater works. 
oh, the greater work of salvation, the change in a person's life, and this wonderful work of healing according to the sovereign will of God. Yes, friends, allow medicine to do what it can. Allow those gifted men and women that have been trained in the medical arts to examine and see and prescribe and help, for sure. But know that God is not limited to human knowledge and understanding. And he is able to do exceedingly above all that you and I could think or ask. This beautiful manifestation of his spirit. But here's the thing. It is very unfortunate that the gifts of healing have been twisted around and misrepresented. I'm not able to do this because I blocked these so-called Christian channels off of my television, but there was a day when I could switch through and come across and no doubt find someone who claimed on television to be a faith healer. And in that gifting or in that position that the person took upon himself, what he or she meant and means is that as a faith healer, they can heal at whim. Any time that they want. As a matter of fact, if you watch the show to the end, you'll see various appearances of so-called healings. And perhaps, indeed, God is healing in the midst. But at the end of the show, they'll tell you, hey, we're coming to your town. Coming to Denver. We'll be right there at the Pepsi Center. Absolutely free. Bring your relative in the wheelchair. Bring your uncle on the crutches. Bring them up to the stage. Let them get interviewed. We'll get all the information and we will show you the awesome power of God as seen through this man and this woman. Now, if you call them on this, if you had the opportunity to dialogue with them, no doubt they would open up your Bible to you. They'd say, let me see your Bible. And they'd ask you to open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And they would point to this very verse that we just read. The gifts of healings. And they would twist it around to say, that's who I am. That's what, that's what I have. I'm, I'm a healer. I walk around with this gift. But as we'll see in our time tonight, they're misquoting the scriptures. And misrepresenting God, ultimately fleecing the flock. It's very hard for me to even share this. I was wondering whether I should include this or not because I get a little fired up about it because people get ripped off. And if somebody leaves their place not healed, it's always that person's fault. It can't be the fact that that guy's a charlatan on the stage. It's always somebody else's fault. And what I love to do, and I know it would never, never happen, but really, if these guys, these gals really have this gifting then let's just go ahead and do your deal at Denver Pepsi Center or wherever you're at, Staples Center in L.A., wherever you rent. Let's just go, go, for, go, go through it. And then after everything's done, everything's packed up, hop in my car. Because I'm going to take you to the hospital. And we're going to start on the first floor, room number one. And we're going to start healing those people, putting this hospital out of business. That would never happen. There would be some reason. There would be some excuse. There would be some spiritual answer that has no basis in Scripture. Because those that claim to be faith healers are not faith healers at all. We need to be careful, church. Jesus himself warned us of false prophets who would come to us in sheep's clothing. 
inwardly they're ravenous wolves. God does heal today. He manifests the power of his Holy Spirit in his believers with these gifts of healing. Now, on the one side of the pendulum, we have this extreme where people are making up a spiritual gift that doesn't really exist and using it for their own advantage, taking advantage of sincere, genuine, loving people that just want to be healed. They're sick, they're hurt. Even as you have those in your family now that are sick and hurt and your heart's desire, you pray for them, you anoint them with oil. You know, if you came up and you come up tonight after the service in obedience to James chapter 5, we will anoint you with oil and we will believe God that he can heal you, yielding to his sovereign will in healing, trusting him in your life. We believe, we believe God heals. Because we don't want the pendulum to swing to the other side as there are some today that would see the ugliness of how this gift, this gifting, this manifestation has been taken advantage of. And so automatically there's that opposite extreme. and go, well, you know, God doesn't heal today. So don't even worry about it. Don't, don't even pray for it. There's no hope, some would say. There are those that don't believe God can heal. They've just given up hope. They don't expect God to heal. They don't trust God to heal. And balance, my friends, is so important. To know that God does heal. And one of the ways that he heals today is this supernatural manifestation of his spirit known as the gifts of healing. Here's a definition for you. The gifts of healings is a supernatural quickening of the natural healing process by God. This gifting of healings, these gifts of healings, hurries up the healing process as God uses a person to come alongside another to encourage them to trust in God. God uses certain believers in helping others believe that God will heal them. Often this gift, these gifts of healings, come with all the other. It comes with the manifestation of faith. (laughs) Because when God speaks to you about healing, you're going to need faith to follow through. It often comes with the gifting of this supernatural manifestation of the gift of knowledge, the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, so you can speak into someone's life through all of the things that are going, past the doubt, past the fears. I want you to know that the gifts of healing is not a spiritual gifting that someone walks around with and can just use at whim. And someone's just known as the healer, renting out arenas, and so-called renting or healing at human whim instead of yielding to the sovereign will of God. How do we know that? Well, the Bible couldn't be clearer. We have been looking at the life of Saul of Tarsus, who became Paul the Apostle, in our studies on the weekends. And Paul, as you'll study his life, was used mightily to heal. God used him in a great way. You would say that if he was able to hold the supernatural gift of healing, then when the thorn in in his own flesh raised its ugly head, he could have just touched it. Heal thyself. But instead, what does he do? He cries out. Ask God to intervene. And what was God's answer? Nope. Not going to heal you. This thorn in your side is going to, it's going to be used to bring great humility in your life. This sickness, this issue, this pain, this eye disease. There's a lot of theories of what it was. 
And yet at the same time, Paul was used in a great way in bringing healing. So if it's not a gift that you just walk around with, why is it the word gifts used to describe it? I think that's a great question. I've got a couple reasons for you to jot down if you like. The word gifts reminds us of a couple of very important truths about healing. Number one, there's an emphasis on the word plural, and it reminds us that God heals in more than one way. There's not just one size fits all in the realm of healing. We see that throughout the life of Jesus. We see that throughout the life of the early church. It's not just one size fits all where it's the, this is the only way that God can work. There are gifts. It happens many different ways. Turn over to Matthew chapter 9. Let me walk you along a little path here with Jesus. Some of you are familiar with this path, but it's a pathway of Jesus healing blind people. The life of Jesus in the healing of blind people was very different. It wasn't a one-size-fits-all even for Jesus. Notice Matthew chapter 9, verse 27. When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on me. And when he had come into the house, the blind man came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, according to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were opened. There's one way of healing a blind man. Jesus touched them. So now someone watching Jesus doing that, they could start their own touch the blind man healing ministry. Because after all, Jesus did it. And that's the way he heals blind people. So that's just what we need to be doing. Well, turn over to Mark's gospel now, chapter 8. In one instance, Jesus touches And there's healing. Notice now Mark's gospel, chapter 8, beginning in verse 22. It's good just to step back and be reminded in any area of your life. Don't try to box God into just working one way or two ways. It's so easy to come to the conclusion, isn't it? God, you either do this or this. Which one? Like we saw in the early church when they were choosing another apostle. Here's your choice. These are the two guys. And all the while, God had a third choice that nobody even knew about. And if he told them, oh, no, no, by the way, guys, I don't need your help. Choose another apostle because you you guys know Saul of Tarsus, right? Oh, yeah, he's crazy. He wants to kill us. He's coming after us. He's a madman. Everywhere he goes, he's trying to destroy the church. You could hear heaven. You could hear God say, yeah, yeah, that's Saul. He's going to be my next apostle. Ah, no way. There's no way that couldn't happen. You've got to be careful. I wonder right now if in your life that's where you're at. You're in a situation. You've assessed it. You've looked at it. You've used a little bit of your experience. And now here you are. It's either A or B. And that's where you've stopped. And I just want to encourage you that there could be a C, a D, an E, an F, a G, an H all the way through Z, and then if you run out of Z, it could be a double A, double B, double C, all the way through. It could be double A, one, double B, three, X, Y, Z, four, five, nine, six, A, O. You know, it could be anything if you're open to the work of God. Don't give up so quickly with your plans. Doesn't the Bible warn us? Doesn't it warn us not to lean on our own understanding? that acknowledge him in all our ways. He'll direct our paths. The solution to what's in your life right now may not even be a thought yet. 
It may not even be a possibility in your life. You can't even see it yet. As far as the eye can see, as much resources, as much money as you have, as big as your house might be, as much faith as you may have today, all the failures that you bring, all of the limitations of man, God exceeds the limitations of man supernaturally to work in your life. Here's another example in verse 22 of a healing. It says he came to Bethsaida and they brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. Really? So he took the blind man by the hand, led him out of town, and when he had spit, Yeah. So much for the touching. We, we read the Bible like it's just, read, oh, you spit, yeah, no big deal. Yeah, you're the blind guy. And you just are like, man, Jesus is here. And the next thing is you hear whatever the spit was, however it happened. It says he spat on it, and then you feel. Do you know it was, as it is today, a common disgraceful thing? to be spat on in your face. It's one of the most disgusting things, really, that can happen to a person. Our own Jesus, as he was headed to the cross, was spat on. God used something here in the life of Jesus that none of us would have even had on the radar screen. If, if you were being used to heal, you, you wouldn't think of some really hurtful thing to do you, you just hey I saw Jesus touch let me touch him and here they even cried out touch him touch him touch him Jesus spits on his eyes put his hands on him and then he asked him if he saw anything and he looked up and said I see men like trees walking he put his hands on his eyes again and he was restored here's a process of healing it took some time it wasn't immediate God was drawing out faith from him one more in John chapter 9, we have the touch the eye, heal the blind ministry. We have spit on the eye and heal the blind ministry. What's John chapter 9 now? All this to say that there's more, more than one way that God chooses to heal, friends. It's not just one way. These gifts of healings remind us that there's more than one way that God chooses to heal. And in John chapter 9... Beginning in verse 1, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And the disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents? And Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it's day. The night is coming when no one can work. And as long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. When he said these things, he spat on the ground, made a little bit of clay with his saliva, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he told him now, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. And he went and washed and came back. What does your Bible say? Seeing. Here's just three examples in the life of Jesus where there wasn't just one way that healing came to a blind person. And that word gifts reminds us that you're not going to box God in on how he's going to work in your life even in the realm of healing and removing physical sickness from your life. Blindness was a horrible disease. And you could see that there would be even division over this. Let's just say a blind man came and you're more prone to spit on him 
and you're more prone. This section is the spit and heel section, and this is the touch and heel section, and this is the mud section, and this is you roll the, you know, you just roll the little wheel and whatever comes up, that's how. And churches actually divide over this nonsense instead of just allowing the Holy Spirit to work through us as he wills. And that's what Paul's teaching us here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm sure that Jesus healed the blind in many, many different ways that aren't even recorded for us. Remember at the end of John chapter 21, it said that Jesus did many other things. That if we were to write them down, John said, I don't think the books of the world could contain all the things that Jesus did while he was on the earth. I think he did a lot more in the realm of healing than even what we have or even what we've looked at. You've been listening to Pastor Ed Taylor on Abounding Grace, describing for us the gifts of healings. Ed, I can't help but think someone listening right now is really discouraged. They've been suffering with a chronic disease or illness, and God hasn't healed them. Would you speak to that person for a moment and touch on the question, why doesn't God heal everyone? Well, if that describes you right now, whether it's you or someone that you love is very sick, uh, their body is more broken uh, than, than normal, because I think it's always good to be reminded that we were all born with a broken body. Uh, we were all born with bodies touched and tainted by sin. And whether it's you or it's someone that you love, I just want to speak into your life and say, I'm sorry uh, that you're going through this. I'm sorry that you are facing such difficulty and such pain and and even such desperation. You know, you might even be like that woman with the issue of blood that, man, if I can just get and touch the hem of his garment and maybe you've been ripped off and taken advantage of, I'm sorry. Why doesn't God heal everyone today? Well, because God is sovereign and and I don't believe God has stopped healing the sick. And I know and believe that, that God does heal today. That when we pray through James chapter 5 about anyone sick, call from the elders, that we might pray over you and lay hands on you, we believe that God can heal. But we also know that God is sovereign in his healing. And I, I couldn't help but think as, as going uh, listening to this question and just thinking in my own life, I remember the desperation of our family as we gathered around the hospital bed of my son Eddie who lay in a coma, and and how our hearts, not for one millisecond, gave up hope that he would wake up, not for one millisecond gave up hope that God would heal him. We continued to pray. We had 24-hour prayer watches between me, my wife, uh, and many wonderful godly friends, people from our church. We prayed, and we prayed, and we sought the Lord, and God, well, God didn't heal him, and he experienced real healing as he entered into the presence of the Lord, and And so in a very real way, there's a part of me that asks this question too. I don't always, I don't know why God answered our prayer that way. Um, I certainly didn't like it or want it. Uh, I don't know exactly what is in the mind of God or what he's doing with my life or with yours, but I do know this. I love him and I trust him and whatever he chooses to do with my life is good and will be worked out for good in the end that he will receive the most glory from my life. And I, of course, with God, all things are possible. And so don't give up hope. But I'm with you on this question. And, and I'm praying with you. And I pray that you don't quit and don't throw in the towel. Um, continue to steady on in your relationship with Jesus Christ and let him use your life to bring him glory. Thanks for sharing that, Ed. Are you interested in a CD copy of this message? 
We can send that your way for $2 if you'll call toll-free 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-304-7223. For instant access, look for the studies online at calvaryaurora.org. We picked out a wonderful book this month we think you'll get a lot out of. It's called The Prisoner in the Third Cell by Gene Edwards. John the Baptist was imprisoned by Herod, and no doubt he struggled to understand a Lord who didn't meet his expectations. This dramatic account will offer insight into the ways of God, and we'll send it your way for a gift of $25 or more to Abounding Grace today. And thank you for your support as it allows us to bring the teaching of God's Word to stations like this every day. We can't do it alone. Call toll-free at 877-30-GRACE or make a secure donation online at calvaryaurora.org. If you'd rather write, our address is Abounding Grace, Post Office Box 460598, Aurora, Colorado, 80046. We'll return to the subject of the Holy Spirit next time on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. We'll see you then. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Chapel Aurora. 